You are tuned in to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show with your hosts Rick Staratella and Joe Everett, featuring NFLPA Bowl Executive Director Dane Vandernath. Back, 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 back at it again. It's another edition of the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show, episode number two here with your host Rick Saratella. I'll be joined by Joe Everett and Dane Vandernat in a minute, but uh, just want to welcome on everybody to the show here on August the 2nd. We are recording and we are going to unveil, in fact, review uh, the wide receiver, tight end, and offensive line positions. If you're just tuning in for the first time, we did recap the quarterback and running back positions on our first show. And of course, you can follow along as each position is unveiled on the NFLPA Collegiate Ball website. That will be collegiate.nflpa.com. And we are uh, cranking them out position by position. Uh, This week, we had some more skill positions. We had the big uglies. Uh, I know which is our executive director, Dane Vandernat's favorite position. Who doesn't love themselves? Some big uglies in the trenches. So we'll uh, highlight some of the guys. But again, if you want the full list, uh, 375 players officially are going to be unveiled once we uh, get through all of the positions. And we'll unveil another wave next week as we count you down to the college football season, uh, just 22 days away now, I believe, to week zero. Unbelievable. Uh, Youngstown State, I know, in the first game of the year on ESPN, we happen to be on campus and visit with Coach Polini. Uh, we've been making our campus tours around the country up here uh, in Canton, Ohio, for the Hall of Fame, Joe. So I had a chance to pop in on the Pitt Panthers and uh, Duquesne Dukes. We also uh, will be up at Akron as well. And it's uh, that time of year, just getting familiar with a lot of players and uh, uncovering some gems and learning about a lot of new talent. But uh, three weeks away until the official kickoff of the college football season. I know you're getting pumped, Joe, and excited and ready to go. Oh, definitely excited. I mean, especially for this episode, the wide receiver class is uh, shaping up to be pretty legendary, but it is that time of year, man. Canton, Ohio, you're out in Youngstown talking to police. I mean, the the cradle of coaches, Youngstown, Ohio, where where the Stoops Mm -hmm. brothers uh, hail from as well. So, I mean, it's that time of year. Hell, you, you, you smell it in the air. Uh, the the seasons are changing. Babies are being born. It's it, it's on. <laughs> yeah, Urban Meyer too, a Youngstown State uh, guy, and uh, you know it's been great to uh, you know just get to uh, meet with all the coaches and uh, football ops and uh, pro liaisons, and and that's what we're doing here at the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. We're taking out the axe, chopping wood, spreading our word, uh, and and just taking this event to new heights and if you want to follow our journeys uh log on you know the twitterverse we've got you covered there at nfl draft bible uh of course joe is at joe w everett i know he just got done cranking out uh 300 idp profiles if you're into fantasy football you can go get all his good (laughs) fountain of knowledge and uh you know really really we're letting joe out of the cave a little bit here to to come do the podcast today because he's been underground just cranking it out and of course working on that 2020 nfl draft bible prospectus which will be available this month now that we're in august joe uh the prospectus is just around the corner 
And, of course, uh, we're going to highlight all the top prospects uh, from across the country and, um, you know, really looking forward to that. And we're going to be joined by our executive director, Dane Vandernat, in just a second. Um, but we want to spread this to and, and everybody knows and the players and uh, even some of the agents that we've been in communication with. It's like, hey, the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl is for the players by the players. And what I mean by that is the players union owns this game. So you go on to the next level, you make a 53 man roster, uh, and in a way you actually own a little piece of this game. So, uh, you know, we want the players to take ownership of that. Uh, I've had a chance to talk to guys like uh, John Randall and Takeo spikes who said they're going to come out and, uh, you know, spend the week out at the NFL PA collegiate bowl and Mark Herzlich and Michael Thomas, two other guys, heavily involved in the players association that just want to be a part of the week long festivities. And, you know, the one thing about the collegiate bowl is you get introduced. If you're, if you're lucky enough to be invited to our event, you get introduced to the players union uh, in January, you kind of get an understanding of what to expect, making that transition to the next level. And, you know, the NFL PA is here as a support system, not just for your playing career, but, you know, through your career and beyond your post-playing career. And, you know, if you want to get involved in scouting, uh, there's internships for that. You want to do some coaching, there's internships for that. A lot of the players come back and coach in the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, and it's just a, a great educational week because you're getting coached up by these players during the week at, at practice. And then at night you're getting, uh, you know, seminars and educational information uh, by the players that have walked in the shoes that you want to be in. And Ed Reed is a guy I'm going to talk to in just a few minutes here after I wrap, wrap up this podcast. I had a chance to speak with him at the NFL or the College Football Hall of Fame. Just a great interview over there on the All Access Football YouTube channel. And, you know, that conversation alone is just so educational. And then, uh, you know, going to link up with them here at the NFL Hall of Fame. Not too many players can say they're in both the College Football and NFL Hall of Fame. And Ed Reed, of course, uh, was a coach last year at our event. Hopefully he'll be back this year. And, hey, it's a great time of year. 100 years of NFL, 150 years of college football season. And uh, with that being said, Joe, do we have Dane on the line? Absolutely, we do, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right in and, and get the question off first uh, before Rick gets the chance. Dane, uh, thanks for jumping on, and uh, what's the what's the feedback been like here from the first wave of NFLPA Bowl to the watch list announcement? Yeah, hey guys, you know I think the uh, the feedback's been awesome, man. It's been uh, really exciting to kind of see how these players and the schools and the teammates and all the family members of really rallied around kind of the players on the big board. But, you know, Rick and Joe, the first thing I want to mention is while Joe's coming out of the cave, I feel like I'm about to get in this thing, you know, get ready to get on the road and get excited and get in these rooms, grinding out this tape and watching these prospects. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to just see the reactions out there and, you know, some of the players and schools really taking pride on being this, watch list and what's going on dane welcome into the show man thanks for hopping on i know you're a busy man of course our uh, new executive director here at the nfl pa collegiate bowl so if you're not following this man you're gonna want to uh believe me he's gonna be all over the country at d vandernat make sure you follow him on twitter 
And of course, uh, we'll be, you know, meeting with as many schools as possible, hopefully all of them. Uh, it's a daunting task, but somebody's got to do it. Uh, Dane, last week we talked about quarterbacks and running backs. This past week, uh, we had some more positions unveiled on the big board. Uh, Joe and myself are going to highlight some of the wide receivers, tight ends, and offensive linemen. And for those of you following on home on the NFLPA website, there's a lot of good insight there because uh, not only do we touch a base on some of the guys that are on the watch list, but Dane's done a great job of highlighting what we're looking for at each position. And, of course, you know, you can get a more in-depth explanation on the website. But, Dane, for those players nominated, for those players who want to be nominated, uh, if you can just touch base on the positions we're going to highlight today in terms of what we're looking for from the wide receivers, the tight ends, and offensive linemen in terms of the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, really what makes this class so interesting, and I know, Rick, that, you know, you guys are going to go more in depth, but you just have some sheer sides coming out this year. Obviously, everyone knows Colin Johnson, but, you know, with Chase Claypool and Brian Edwards, Michael Pittman, and even a guy like Antonio Gandy-Golden from Smaller School Liberty. I mean, we're talking prospects who are 6'3", 6'4", weighing in the 220s. I mean, that's impressive, and that always translates to the NFL. But, you know, really what I talked about in, in, uh, when NFL scouts are looking at these prospects coming out, there's really two big things, and they're, they're quite obvious. Number one, it's your ability to catch the ball away from your body. Too often, especially at, at the lower levels and in college, you can get away with trapping the ball because you're going to have more separation from defensive backs. But by the time you make it to the NFL, those defensive backs are on you like glue, and you're not going to have the ability to uh, cradle the ball against your body and kind of let that thing get into you. You need to snatch that ball out in space, away from your body, and display some strong hands so that you can then bring that thing in and secure the reception. The other thing, too, the other part that goes hand-in-hand with that is really, from a receiver standpoint, your ability to separate. Who, Who understands the nuances of route running? Who can make everything look the same so that the defensive back is going to be guessing? Who can create a little bit of separation to aid themselves and potentially put them in a good spot to uh, get some run after the catch. So when it comes to the receivers, at least, I think if you have size, I think if you can obviously uh, secure the ball when it's coming your way, and then most importantly, from a skill standpoint, if you can create that separation, then you're going to be able to separate yourself a little bit from the herd when it comes to draft day. You know, and then with the tight ends, there are a lot of guys coming out this year who are either really good receivers or really good blockers. But we want to find the guys in this class who are going to separate themselves as legitimate starting types who are solid in both. You know, you also have some smaller school kids coming out this year, and you've done a great job of identifying some of those, Rick. You know, guys like Harrison Bryant from Florida Atlantic. I'm going to mess up the name, so forgive me, but Tiale Tamupu from Portland State, Mm -hmm. Adam Troutman from Dayton. I mean, I want to see these guys get out there and compete and really solidify their case to be a a day one or day two pick. And then when it comes to offensive line, um, just to be quick, I mean, these are some of my favorite players to evaluate. I want to see which of these interior players just really have the toughness, the smarts, the desire to road grade and move the guy who lines up across from them. And then when it comes to tackles, I mean, who's athletic enough to shut down an NFL pass rusher? Who's strong enough to try to stop 
Khalil Mack's bull rush. I'll tell you that there aren't going to be many of them. I've seen Khalil Mack firsthand, but, uh, you know, I want to see how Trey Adams is going to come back as he continues to battle back from his back injury. And even how smaller school prospects like Kyle Murphy, I mean, how is he going to project to hold up since he's a lighter frame tackle? Those are going to be kind mm-hmm. of some interesting points that I'll be, and I know all of us will be paying attention to this year. Well, hearing you talk about the O-lineman, Dan, it's getting me fired up. I mean, 22 days away, so what What are the games you we're going to be in attendance at? Anything confirmed for that first uh, week or two uh, uh, of matchups that uh, you know for fact you're going to be uh, patrolling the sidelines for? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Week one's going to be a busy one for me. Uh, I'm going to wrap up my camp visits earlier in the week and then head north to uh, Minneapolis on Thursday to watch the Golden Gophers take on the good old Jackrabbits of uh, South Dakota State. And there's several players from both teams who are prospects but weren't on our big board. And one of those players is South Dakota State linebacker Christian Roseboom, who I really want to take a good look at in person. Uh, Saturday I'll be at Kansas. I'm going to watch them take on Indiana State, who has quarterback Ryan Boyle, who was on our big board. And when it comes to a lot of these early season matchups, as you guys know, a lot of times big schools fill their schedules with FCS or smaller school programs. And so really it's the best opportunity to see some of these guys play upper echelon opponents. And then Sunday night I'll be down in Norman, Oklahoma, to see OU take on Houston. And then I'll wrap up week one Monday night in Louisville to see the Cards host the Fighting Irish in Notre Dame. And uh, as I'm sure we all know, Notre Dame is one of those programs with some serious senior talent coming out this year. And uh, I really can't wait to get my eyes on them pregame down on the field. Man, I'm getting excited just thinking about it. And uh, just a, a whole slew of games on the docket for the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl will be on location across the nation, as Danger said. Uh, Notre Dame locked and loaded. Um, Kansas, I'm excited to see what Les Miles is going to do over there. And then, you know, San, uh, 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 South Dakota State University, who you mentioned, always an FCS powerhouse. And don't forget about our guy P.J. Fleck in Minnesota, uh, rowing the boat there up Row north. The boat. Oh, man. Full socket of games, and uh, I'm looking forward. I'm going to be hitting on uh, the Northeast pretty heavily as well. And of course, you know the best way to follow our travels um, is at D Vandernat. Of course, um, the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl Twitter, the NFL Draft Bible Twitter. We're going to be all over social media, just kind of uh, peeling back the curtains, giving you a glimpse behind the scenes of our scouting process, being transparent through it all. And I think that's very important uh, during this process, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, Dane, before we let you go and and wrap everything up, you know, uh, people are keeping close attention to this watch list. They're paying uh, close attention to what the NFL PA Bowl has in store for the 2020 event. Uh, what can fans, uh, followers, uh, industry folks expect to see with this next upcoming week? Yeah, well, so today we're going to wrap up uh, our big board offense, and then we're going to move on to defense, which is always my favorite. I've always been a defensive-minded guy, and I just love to find those prospects who may not be the biggest or the fastest, but who play the game the right way and allow their instincts to take over and make some plays. Jordan Elliott from Missouri, defensive tackle, watch out now. He's obviously going to be one of the headliners when it comes to interior defensive linemen. But in addition to Christian Roseboom from South Dakota State, who I mentioned, I really want to see Northwestern's Patty Fisher play. 
I've heard a lot of great things about him, and I'll be at Northwestern later on in the season, and I want to see him, uh, you know, room from sideline to sideline and make some plays. And then when it comes to corner, I really want to see if Bryce Hall can continue the tradition of big NFL Cavalier corners. Whether, I mean, really Nebraska's Lamar Jackson, is he a corner or a safety prospect with his size? I mean, hell, he may be a linebacker prospect when you sit there and see him up close and personal. So uh, the rest of this week, we're going to – or the next week and even the following one after that, we're going to wrap up our big board as uh, we all get on the road here and uh, get looking at these guys and, and really gear up for a fantastic 2019 season and 2020 collegiate bowl. Exciting stuff. Uh, some names you need to know. Dane dropping a few gems on them here on the NFL please. PA Collegiate Watchlist Show. Uh, Dane, we appreciate you hopping on, and we're looking forward to uh, getting through the season. You're going to join us each and every week, so we'll come back next week. We'll uh, highlight some more of those defensive prospects that you were talking about, and uh, looking forward to it, my man. Absolutely, fellas. Rick, Joe, always good talking with you guys, man. Keep up the great work. Appreciate it. We'll chat next week. That's Dane Vandernat, the new executive director of the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, of course, spending the past decade with the Raiders and uh, just uh, over here in Canton, soaking in all the legendary players and all the greats. Last night, we saw a handful of NFL PA alumni, uh, Will Parks for the Broncos, really making a name for himself. I think he's going to win a starting job there in the secondary for the Broncos. And then uh, Jawan Winfrey making a big catch. Um, on the other side of the ball, I believe, for the Falcons. And, uh, you know, a couple guys that were on the rosters from the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl last night at the Hall of Fame game, which I was lucky enough to be in attendance for. Uh, but let's take a look ahead, Joe, at some of the potential NFL PA participants for 2020. And uh, as we stated, uh, we're going to highlight the wide receivers, tight ends, offensive line, Rick Saratella, Joe Everett, Let's get it going, Joe. Reset it with the wide receivers. Again, uh, we discussed quarterbacks and running backs on last week's episode. If you want to go back and hear that, it's available on the archives, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, SoundCloud. Uh, Make sure you subscribe for our new show notifications. But wide receivers, Joe, uh, who are some of the names here that you would like to touch base on? Well, I think Dane hit the the, the heavies there. Uh, Colin Johnson, that long strider, crazy legs, uh, 50-50 ball. You're just questioning his top-end speed. Uh, Brian Edwards, South Carolina, I mean, that's just the prototype build there, too. I think this whole senior class is full of those big bodies. And, you know, we talk about what a great class this is because, you know, throw throw out those uh, underclassmen and, and all that. The backbone of this class, the seniors, is just a, a really great group. A lot of interesting case studies, like Chase Claypool. What did, how fast is he? Because I'll tell you what, uh, in, as far as in the locker room, what his teammates think of him, they love this guy. I mean, he's just a gamer, uh, just infectious attitude. I think that's a, a player as far as teams start to – go in depth on a prospect they're going to like what they find I think in Chase it's just I'm not real sure that he's super fast I mean I think that's today's game now like what we're getting towards it's it's the guys that separate so um, I'm looking to see Kalijah Lipscomb he, he strikes me as a guy that really stacks up players fast um, Tyler Johnson I like him a lot so that'd be the, the stud yeah. case and then moving on though what to make of this Ohio State group? 
all I do know is if I'm Justin Fields, um, I've got a smile on my face with three upperclassmen that are all really uh, super good athletes. I mean, K.J. Hill proven if Austin Mack could stay healthy. And Benjamin Victor, my guy, I've been, you know, our podcast listeners, I've bored him to death with Benjamin Victor, the Haitian sensation, man. Uh, he just, <laughs> he's like a, he's, he could be A.J. Green's stunt double until the game actually starts. You know, he's got these concentration lapses at times, but the talent is is so there. So that's a guy, I think, uh, Benjamin Victor's, he could be uh, maybe at the event where, you know, maybe he's not in that top tier. He's got the game. He could prove it. And then you know I'm all about the bloodline. So two guys off the top, Michael oh, Pittman yeah. Jr., it doesn't take. You, you already know his daddy. Guns out, or sons out, guns out. Michael Pittman, the running back from Tampa. And then mm-hmm. uh, Vance Jefferson is a, a player I just like. Uh, his father is now uh, wide receivers coach for the Jets or the Titans or somebody, but he he played in the league for for a while and and his son was at Ole Miss and then got that transfer edge eligibility and now he's at Florida. Uh, he can definitely play and I, I don't think uh, I have to tell you who's on the Jets board. If if his dad's still working for the Jets, don't be surprised if that's the seventh round pick or something. Uh, and then uh, Rico Bussy, I'll wrap it up. A guy I really like. I just flies around the field. Uh, there's not a second gear to him. He's in third. I mean, he may as well be Rico Bobby. Uh, Rico Bussy is super fast. I think he's that kind of perimeter receiver stretching defenses for North Texas that, you know, he, he should be getting Christmas cards in perpetuity from Mason Fine for making his job a whole lot easier. But uh, I just, you know, you could go on and on with this senior group of receivers. It really is a, a good class. I think a, a big step up, or it's just as a whole, it's going to be a big step up from 2019 going to 2020. I'll tell you, you know, listening to you and Dane just highlight some of these names, this really is, I mean, you really don't see this kind of depth from the senior class at wide receiver, and there's some good ones. And, you know, Andy, this guy is a record-setting wide out and you know i'm going to be looking for him to do some of the things that dane highlighted in terms of being able to separate being able to pluck that ball out of that air and and not be a body catcher but uh you know jalen camp was a guy i learned about at the acc media day uh georgia tech wide receiver remember now uh coach jeff collins is there so no more of that paul johnson uh, triple option offense the georgia tech wide receivers are going to get some balls actually thrown to him this year and uh jalen camp you know, he, he's a guy that could really blow up in a big way. Uh, down in the HBCU ranks, this Jaquez Ezard has been on the NFL radar now for several seasons. Uh, he's a guy, you know, I'm going to try to get down into that D.C. area and see if we can catch a game there. Um, Tyler Johnson, who you mentioned, you know, Dan will be checking him out week one up in Minnesota. Denzel Mims, we didn't even talk about him from Baylor. Um, another big-time wide receiver. And the list goes on and on and on. Uh, anybody else here? Isaiah Wright, one last guy I want to talk about. Uh, this guy, he was a Matt Rule recruit. I remember one of Rule's favorite guys as a true freshman. Uh, Wright was making an impact. He came in. He would line up at a wide receiver. He would line up as running back. He'd even run some wildcat, return kicks, return punts. What's most impressive, Joe, is he's six foot two, two 220 pounds. Um, this is a guy who's going to test well, has incredible size, superb toughness i mean he is temple tough for sure um so just a whole slew of wide receivers here 
in the senior class. And Ohio State, man, they just grow wide receivers on trees. Of course, if you want to get this whole list, see all the wide receivers who made the big board, uh, go to collegiate.nflpa.com. You can get all the uh, positions unveiled. And we're going to transition into the next position is uh, tight ends. So who's on the board for you, Joe? That's a quality class. I don't know. I mean, last year was doggone good. I mean, just a bunch of dudes. Uh, But we've got, I think, Pinkney right off the top, instincts, body type. uh, He he gets it up the seam. He's forcing some business decisions at his weight and size, and he is thick AF. So I, I, I think that's why he's number one. And then, it's just like a couple of tweener guys. Uh, a lot of people pretty high on Wilcox, South Florida, but and no doubt he can hold football in. It's just will he make an impact in the running game? He's got awful small hands for a receiver, too. I like the Harrison Bryant kid from FAU. Uh, they mm-hmm. use, use him all over, and he strikes me as more versatile in that uh, maybe an H-back, maybe he's in line, you know, just a – kind of Swiss Army knife, and then also if FAU gets it together with uh, Francois, he might be that guy that takes a, a big step up, but there's some sleepers in this, this group. Um, uh, the, 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 that uh, Dane brought him up, um, uh Portland State, we're just going to call him Charlie. I've only <laughs> seen highlights of the guy from uh, the Oregon game, but he caught the only two touchdowns in the game. And then I've also seen highlights from high school at linebacker. That kid was a beefcake in high school. Uh, he's just another thick kid. He looks a whole lot like the old Levine Toy Lolo Stanford tight end yeah. and played for the Falcons for a minute. Uh, he's just like the legs on him. He is built like a horse, and he's breaking tackles. Um, I think he's basically the offense for Portland State. Shout out Vikings. Uh, but a lot to like about him, and then a name I saw on the on the the, the list that just smiled ear to ear. Nigel Kilby, Southern uh, Southern Illinois. The kid was killer at Eastern Michigan. We was there playing with Broby Brogan Roback uh, as a redshirt freshman. But you know something went wrong. He ended up at Garden City under Sims there. That's the guy from uh, Last Chance U, the one of the the evil opposition team. But uh, point being. Now I think he's at Southern Illinois, six foot eight, two fifty, vines for arms at thirty five inches, ten and a half hands. He's built like a freaking power forward. If he could just get his act together, uh, just another one of my my kids, man. Fort Wayne, Indiana. We talk about the cradle of coaches. This is the cradle of the NFL. Ask Anthony Spencer. Ask Tyler Eifert. Ask Jalen Smith. Ask Jesse Bates. They'll tell you Fort Wayne, Indiana produces a bunch of fools. Uh, but Kilby, man, uh, that, that's just a name, I think, to monitor. And then the last sleeper, uh, Dayton, tight end. I haven't seen a full game yet either, and I'm not even going to talk about his game. We make so much of NFL bloodlines. Adam Troutman from Dayton. This man's grandfather is Colonel Sam Troutman, commander of Special Forces, a Baker team, elite Green Beret fighting men, led by John James Rambo. Okay. <laughs> I'm t- Adam Troutman, what a name. That is first off, he's on the all name team, but he the kid actually can play a lot of receiving ability. You know, the question of competition, Dayton Flyers, but um love this group of sleeper tight ends, man. Um it's uh I think a really uh, intriguing class of seniors. 
Hey, where else are you going to get knowledge dropped like that, Joe Everett? Never leaving a stone unturned. He's just full of nuggets, full of bloodlines. And I'll start off with a bloodline myself. Tyrone Wheatley Jr. from Stony Brook uh, started over at Michigan. Uh, big name pedigree, of course. You may or may not. We're getting up there in age, I guess, Joe. You know, that some of our listeners may not remember Tyrone Wheatley uh, coming out as a running back uh, for the New York Giants. But. You know, his son, Tyrone Wheatley Jr., uh, was very high on the radar, uh, ran into some injury woes, transferred over to the FCS level, and Stony Brook always bringing in transfers, another one of those under-the-radar guys. You know, it's going to be interesting to see all these small school players who actually emerges. And I'll throw one other guy, Matthew Gonzalez from Robert Morris. Uh, I had a chance to meet him at NEC Media Day, along with his head coach, Bernard Clark, who played in the NFL. And uh, Gonzalez may be a little bit more undersized than some of these other tight ends at 6'3", 230, but he is an offensive weapon. He is a legit playmaker, maybe a guy who could play some H-back, H-back and line up in the slot. So uh, great sticky hands, dependable hands, and just uh, teammates rave about him not only his teammates but the opposition you know you talk to some of the other players in the conference and Matthew Gonzalez is a name that consistently comes up so those are some tight ends again you can go on to collegiate.nflpa.com to get the entire big board and Joe before we get to the big uglies and talk offensive line I don't want to skim over the fullbacks because we do have a handful and while only maybe a quarter of the league still using that traditional fullback role uh, we have an initial list of fullbacks uh, we'll we'll uh, continue to look to add on to this list, but Kyle Boyd from Baylor, Jim Medore from Pittsburgh, uh, Brady Ross from Iowa, Richie Worship from Purdue, and Garrett Williams from Clemson. Those are the big fullback prospects that stand out to us now. Well, you know, hey, a lot can happen between now and January. So if you're a fullback out there listening and you're not on the big board, doesn't mean you can't make it to our event. Uh, but those are the guys that stand out to us. Those are the names that we've received from NFL teams that we're going to be monitoring going into the season. Um, going into the season, Joe, offensive linemen, you know, I know that you and I enjoy the trench warfare one-on-one O-line versus D-line at, you know, any all-star game. It's where the money is made. Uh, it's where the breadwinners, uh, you know, collect. And to me, you know, again, there's another uh, great group of offensive line prospects. And uh, take them how you want them, however you want to list them. But uh, who do you see here that stands out to you? Well, I just as a strategy for NFLPA, I think we need to have a meeting with Dane and we'll go up to Eugene and build a wall around campus so that no one can get them five boys. And we just bring them on down to Pasadena. <laughs> just take the whole Ducks offensive line, man. Uh, they look awful good. Um, you could start talking with any of them. Uh, maybe the most talented is the center, but I like the guard. Um, not because he's the biggest guy or the strongest or athletic. He's just nasty. He's mean. He likes to finish. Shane Lemieux of Oregon. I, I just the mentality he sees. Um, and maybe he's not even a high draft pick. Heck, one of my favorite linemen last year was Bo Benchall for the same reasons. He's out there just trying to do dudes in. End your night. And uh, I like linemen that woke up that day ready for a fight. Like, Shane Lemieux, he, it's go time. 
he's not wearing that green jersey for by accident. <laughs> he's ready to go. So I, that's one of my faves right off the top. But uh, pretty good tackle group. The Prince Wanago uh, Auburn, uh, just from everything I'm reading, he's just some kind of freak athlete on top of being uh, gifted and long and super everything and royalty apparently. But um, yeah, he's probably the blue chipper. And then Trey Adams, uh, dad strength, established technique. There's no question in the game. It's just uh, where he's at medically. Uh, one thing we do know, he, he's not going to quit. He keeps coming back. Uh, we brought up Rambo earlier. This that same kind of mentality. I mean, you can shoot him, think he's dead. Trey Adams coming right back. So uh, this is a guy you're definitely rooting for. And then um, I think two tackles I like. It. I don't think people are talking enough about um, big 12 tackles. Uh, Niang from uh, TCU. Just yeah. long as all get out. Uh, maybe to his detriment in some place. But those arms, uh, those huge hands, that's a prototype tackle body there. Uh, I think there's just a, a ton to work with there. And a, a, the other one I like is Texas Tech's Terrence Steele. He's been there starting right tackle the last two years at Tech. Uh, a lot of athleticism, good base, uh, another really long guy. I mean, you got to play tackle in the league today. You need those long arms. So I would. Uh, he's a guy I think I'd make a case for, you know, in top 100. And then I'm, I'm banging the table for him. I've been banging the table since freshman year. Scott France, three-year starter at left tackle. I don't care if he plays guard, tackle. Roll foot is back. Roll it back to his freshman year. Played Miles Garrett in a bowl game. Tell me who won them reps. All right? <laughs> Cut him in half and count the rings. That tells you how old the tree is. Roll back the footage. <laughs> France can play, fellas. France can play, man. I, I, there's got to be a spot made for a guy like that that's so consistent. Um, so, yeah, those would be the uh, guys I'd, I'd make a case for. And then, yeah, that center, uh, just that whole lot. Throckmorton's good. Uh, Hanson, another three-year starter at center. Uh, I just rolled down the list. I keep a try and keep an accurate list of how many years these guys. Because I don't think there's a website out there that does a good enough job, especially on Lyman, because that's basically the only stat you really have to go by and swear by. And there are so many guys that's like three-year starters at guard, three-year starters. Lemieux's another three-year. Breedison at Michigan, a three-year. I mean, this is uh, mm. the Pollard kid from Clemson. Um, and then Simpson at Clemson. I think maybe he's only two years, but uh, he's a guard, and I, I like him a lot. And then uh, Cabral, close it out, We because centers, you know, they they, they count two. Uh, uh, Cabral at Arizona State played one year at left tackle, one year at center, space mover. I think he's uh, zone blocking scheme written all over him. But another guy, team captain, well-respected leader. I think uh, Cabral is factoring into a top 100, something tells me. Yeah, good group of players here. I think the one thing that stands out to me and strikes me from looking at the, the various players on our big board is the versatility. There's just a lot of guys with versatility. And, uh, you know, I, I gave a, a, shot, a jersey shout-out to my guy from Rutgers, Kamal Seymour, uh, who started, you know, the past 29 games at uh, right tackle for, for the uh, Scarlet Knights. I think, you know, I'm hearing whispers that he may actually, you know, they have some depth there on the Rutgers offensive line. He may actually kick inside and play some guard this year. And at, you know, six foot six, 310 pounds, you talked about long arms. I mean, uh, this is going to be a great asset for his versatility as he makes a transition to the next level. And, you know, Rutgers is a very well coached uh, program. 
I know their record doesn't always uh, speak volumes, but, you know, these guys are, are, are ready to go when they make it to the pros, especially at the offensive line. There's been quite a few Rutgers players to be able to make that transition. And uh, Kyle Murphy's a guy we've touched base on. Dane mentioned him earlier. You know, again, the versatility. He started at tackle. He started at guard. Has some experience at center, which I actually think is going to be his, his strong point, uh, just due to, you know, just looking at him on film, you know, kind of has some alligator arms. Uh, which, you know, I think he has great, great skills, but due to the lack of arm size, I think inside is where he's going to make a living. I think he's going to be a center um, at the next level. And then Josh Jones is just a stud for Houston. I think he's a three- or four-year starter, and another guy will be checking out week one. Uh, so excited for that. And then uh, another guy at ACC Media that I had a chance to run into, Charlie Heck. He's a heck of a tall fella. Uh, you know, and he's lean, six eight, three fifteen. Um, you know, doesn't look like your prototypical offensive line. Uh, just you know, gargantuous hands, uh, incredible length. Again, just you know, uh, pawning. You know, you, you watch film on him. He's just pawning guys off to the side, and uh, you just love to see that kind of strength and power uh, from a Charlie Heck at Carolina. Not not only that, he's a leader. Um, he you know, he's a team captain. Um, a couple guys you mentioned fit that mold as well, Joe. And, you know, anytime you can get a, a team captain, leadership, especially on that offensive line, it goes a long ways, especially for certain organizations such as uh, the New England Patriots, for the example, uh, New York Giants look for, you know, team captains and leaders on their offensive line. Um, one last guy I'll throw out there is uh, Matt Womack from Alabama. Now, of course, it's always going to be hard to get any Crimson Tide players into the NFL PA Bowl or any All-Star game for that matter because it seems like – it doesn't seem like, in fact, they are in the college football playoffs every year that the uh, college football playoffs has, has been in existence. I'm pretty sure Alabama has been in there, and they've gone deep into the playoffs, usually into the championship game. So uh, it's just hard to, you know, uh, get any Alabama players. But Womack is a guy – that, you know, talent-wise, it's all there. Uh, medical, I think, when he goes to the combine, there's going to be some things there. Doctors are going to have to uh, poke and prod and, and uh, fine-tune or check out some uh, what's under the hood for Matt Womack. And, uh, hey, you know, Joe, we've uh, been rapid-fire style flying through these positions. It's been a whole lot of fun breaking it down with you. Again, uh, Joe Everett, Rick Saratella here. Dane Vandernat joining us earlier in the show, executive director of the NFL PA Bowl. He'll be with us uh, each and every week to just kind of highlight the uh, comings and goings, the new events, uh, what to keep tabs on as we count you down here now just 22 days away until the official kickoff of the college football season, the 150th college football season, Joe. With that being said, uh, any parting shots for the people before we tie things up? Yeah, just on a theme we are talking about, uh, how many years a lot of these guys have played. The league values upperclassmen. So many years we looked at drafts and said, oh, it's these juniors and these wretched sophomores. They're dominating all these hype. Last year in the first round, five senior offensive linemen went. Okay, yeah. and that's why I think the, the, the experience – and the playing time is valued by these evaluators today. I mean, they want men. 
coming up because really, if you look at it, you're drafting a guard, you're drafting interior lineman. They're up against a defensive tackle. It might be a 33-year-old man in the prime of his life. Yeah, someone's mm. about to get a whooping. So I think really they value those upperclassmen, and it's something to really think about, you know, just for draft next or just for teams right now. It's like, no, uh, yes, uh, uh, juniors and, and, and softs, they're, they're important to know, but come draft time, you better know your senior offensive linemen and know them well. No, good point. And, you know, I think that's the one thing when you talk to evaluators around the league, there's just not enough. There's not enough offensive linemen, period, but there's not enough uh, fundamentally sound, polished offensive linemen. I think they've kind of gotten away from some of the uh, fundamental skill sets because of this wide-open air rate, spread, go, up-tempo, go, 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 go. A lot of times they're just in two-point stances. They're looking at the – over on the line, they're reading the card and just going, lining up and going, going, going. They get to the next level, and there's, there's a lot of coaching up. That needs to be done. And if you look around the league, a lot of the successful teams that go far into the playoffs that have this outstanding running attack, a lot of them have great offensive line coaches. And, hey, uh, you heard Dane say earlier in the show, he's a big, firm believer in defense. I've always believed defense and a strong run game is the way to win championships. Uh, You know, I don't care if the league is 70% passing. At the end of the day, if you have a good defense and you can run the ball, you're going to win a whole heck of a lot of ball games, and that entails having a strong offensive lineman. And that's a great stat. I didn't realize uh, that there was five seniors selected in the first round. And um, Kayla McGarry, I think, was another senior who, you know, unfortunately was held out of the Hall of Fame game last night. And our uh, condolences and heart goes out to uh, to, to Caleb as he uh, underwent a procedure actually – uh, right as I was about to talk to uh, Thomas Dimitrov, Caleb had called and uh, checked in with him, but, uh, you know, had a chance to, to talk with uh, John Elway, uh, had a chance to speak with um, uh, Kevin Colbert in, in uh, Pittsburgh, and, again, just kind of uh, reaching out to our GM contacts, letting them know, like, hey, uh, we're going to recommend, we're going to rely on our resources, uh, which are the GMs around the league, and say, hey, who would you like to see at our event? And, you know, I think that's really a, a great testament to our network that we've built, uh, you know, not just myself, but uh, Ron Hill, who's uh, helping us out as a consultant. He's been around the game for 40-plus years in uh, and, and the NFL front office and NFL teams front office. Of course, Dane spending the past uh, 10 years with the Raiders, being around the NFL PA, and then, you know, NFL Draft Bible since 2002, bringing you the names you need to know. Uh, you know, there's a reason why uh, we've been able to stick around and become the leading authority here on the NFL Draft and the NFL Draft Bible used by all 32 teams. If you want a taste of what we're about, the 2020 prospectus will be coming out. Uh, Joe and myself uh, steadily cranking away justin uh hitting us with some scouting reports contributing as well uh our small school guy bill carroll did a, a a whole bunch of small school prospects um in communication with the nfl front office and and uh you know c- gathering uh, names of international prospects that you should be on the lookout for so we're not just on location across the nation we're worldwide we're taking this thing international uh the yale offensive lineman we forgot to hit about him he's from germany joe um you're seeing a lot more of these foreign-born players coming into the league 
and I didn't know this until I listened to um, Ross Tucker podcast. He had a gentleman on from the NFL uh, front office talking about each team has a player exemption where they're allowed to carry an additional player. Um, it doesn't count against the roster if they're an international player. Um, so we saw that, um, you know, making the rounds here, doing our training camp tour. Pittsburgh had a six foot nine, two hundred and seventy eight pound tight end uh, for, from England or or London, and you know, it's his second year being in the Pittsburgh training camp. So I asked Coach Tomlin, you know, how's his progress been, and what's his development been like? And, and Tomlin just said, you know, it's like night and day. Uh, you know, from last year where he was just so raw, kind of thrown to the wolves, having a whole another year to kind of uh, prepare and train and stay in shape and then come back and uh, be able to pick up the playbook more, play more consistent, compete with these guys. And, hey, I'm telling you, slowly but surely, these international prospects are creeping into the NFL game. And I think, you know, that's one rule to be aware of. Um, you know, I think the Falcons or Broncos, took advantage of that so you'll see uh when you go to training camps there's actually a lot of camps have 91 players because of that international slot exemption um so hey i just found out about that on our road trip from jersey to Canton during our pit stop in latrobe uh but we'll be back next week We'll talk more about some of the colleges that we visited. Uh, we'll highlight some of the uh, defensive um, positions to be unveiled on the NFLPA watch list uh, show here. It'll be episode number three. And again, uh, follow on the NFLPA Bowl Twitter, at NFL Draft Bible Twitter, D. Vandernat Twitter, Joe W. Everett. Um, it's a can't-stop, won't-stop situation. Boy, we didn't even officially kick off the season, y'all, and we're in, like, pedal-to-the-metal mode. Uh, full throttle, uh, full metal jacket, I should say, and it's no holds barred. How many 80s, 90s movie references can we do in <laughs> closing sentences here? But, uh, you know, I did have a lot of fun chatting up with you, as always, my man. Uh, we'll come back next week, do it again. And appreciate everybody else for tuning in and listening. Make sure you subscribe for those new episodes. And if it's on iTunes, leave us a review, man. We want to get our message out there. Help spread the word of the good gospel of the NFL Draft Bible since 2002. It's what we do, everybody. The NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show is part of the All Access Football Network. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe.